Think of another time when I've needed a weekend so badly. What a week it's been. Good morning. Welcome. 63 degrees here on Columbus Road. They say it's going to climb 10 more degrees. We're going to have some thunderstorms, they say. Tomorrow, light rain, 75, and then Sunday and Monday, and for that matter, Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, all higher temperatures and sunshine. How about that? So, uh, Sunday and Memorial Day, beautiful weather. Good morning. Welcome. Scott's here. Good morning. Good morning. Today is the 27th of May. I'm sure you've heard that several times this morning. Uh, first off, we we need to mention we're presently on, um, in terms of broadcasting, we're currently on 97.1. Um, there was a power failure. Uh, they believe something associated with uh, the storms overnight or the rain or something. Uh, but it's been restored, except that for some reason or other, not at Armitage Road at our site. So um, AEP is working on that, and we apologize. Uh, but we are on uh, our, our uh, what do you call it, the uh, different apps, right? Yes. So uh, you can hear us on the Internet, uh, and many people listen to us there anyway. Uh, from, frankly, all over the world. It's remarkable to me to look at these reports we get. Um, plus, 97.1 is on the air. And up there, we're having a little problem. I hope you can ignore it, and that is a, a slight hum. And uh, once again, so in that case, we're talking to Frontier and trying to figure out what what about their lines... Um, is is causing that anyway so it's an interesting morning yeah the easiest way i've told people how to access this on a cell phone uh you know an android iphone either one it'll it'll play on either one uh desktop laptop uh whatever any means you have yeah go to uh wxtq.com and then open that up, and you can click on where it says Listen Live, and it should give you options for both AM and FM. Really? And you can, yeah, you can I click on the live stream there. And another easy way to do it is get on your computer or your phone and Google WATH Radio Listen Live. Okay. And then that will open up the app. And you should see. Now, some of these apps ask you for a fee on this. No, don't do that. You don't need to pay for this. All right? So make sure you go to where it says either 970 WATH 
com or WXTQ.com. So there's a couple different ways you can do it. Right. So then you scroll up to where it says listen live and click on that, and there should be arrows there. You have your choice of listening to either this live stream or the live stream on Power 105, which is currently airing uh, OU Baseball right now, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Yeah. And, um, so anyway, there's a couple different ways you can access our show here each each day obviously if you don't if you're not near a radio or something like that take take it with you wherever wherever you go and the same is true in your cars some of the more modern cars if you will have all of those options let's speak about ohio university baseball i you know we've had games played where you got one and a half innings in and then it stopped because of weather and stuff like that i've lost complete um knowledge of where we stand well uh, apparently there was some controversy in the game yesterday now ball state university is hosting the tournament because they won the regular season title okay and that's the way the baseball tournament works. It's not like basketball where it goes to a neutral site in Cleveland. And apparently the Bobcats took the lead, and uh, they were ahead going into the last inning. Um, and it was 4-3, to three, and the Bobcats uh, were, were holding on. They were getting ready to finish out the game, and Ball State was at bat in the bottom half of their last at bat, you know, if if they were going to win. Now, if they were still behind, of course, they would have got the bat again. But uh, anyway, what happened was Ball State had a runner on third base, and the Ball State batter apparently, according to the umpire, was hit by the next pitch, which obviously rules the play dead. Okay, there's a timeout, nothing happens well, the runner on third base didn't think so, and he ran in to score the tying run. So now we're at 4-4. Four to four. Okay, then apparently there was an umpire conference about that after it happened, and the umpires ruled that the batter was not hit, and therefore they allowed the runner to score. However, when they first ruled that the runner was hit, that stops play. The play is dead. That runner should not have scored, but the umpires allowed that runner to score. They tied up the game uh, with that, and then the Bobcats threatened in their half of the inning, top half of the inning, but uh, did not score. Then Ball State got a couple runners on in the bottom half of their inning. and uh, uh, They got one runner on, and uh, I think there may have been one or two outs. The next batter up hit a home run to win the game for Ball State. So they won 6-4. to four. Now the Bobcats play this afternoon. I believe they play Toledo in the loser's bracket. And I believe that game's around 1.30. Hmm. So, unfortunate for the Bobcats uh, that a ruling, uh, in my opinion, a miscalculated ruling, cost the Bobcats that game at that point. Now, who knows what would have happened now, had the runner ruled not been hit, the guy didn't score. Right now, over on FM, yeah. we're, we're airing a game. Yeah. And it's the Bobcats, right? Yeah, they play Toledo. 
They're playing Toledo right now. Okay. I think I said they might play this afternoon, but that I misspoke there. They're playing Toledo right now. Okay. And if they win, they'll play this afternoon. If they win right now in this game that's currently being played, they'll play this afternoon. So hopefully that cleared up that. Okay. So the umpire originally said the batter was struck. Yes. And then that's the one standing at the home plate. Yes. And yet other umpires out in the field came in, they conferenced, and they said, no, he didn't get hit. That's the understanding, yes. That's crazy. Yes, it is, to get hosed that way to where, you know, I, I'd like, I would love to talk to the Bobcat catcher you know, tell me, tell me objectively, without bias, did the guy get hit by the pitch? Yeah. Well, so, anyway, you anyway. know, the play should have been dead. The runner should not have scored from third base. And who knows what would have happened after that. Of course, we'd love to have you stay and in, in, in be with us today, this Friday, as we do our show, the Party Line Show. But... Uh, that game is on our FM station right now. And um, that game meaning the Toledo-Ohio game. Uh, Ohio versus Toledo. There we go. Yes. And um, this is a must win, right? Yes, it is. Or else we're done. Correct. Yes, it is. All due to a, what appears to be a very... Um, incorrect call last night from the way it was described to me that's that's what i feel that's what i think anyway based on baseball rules anytime there's a hit by pitch the play is dead everything stops no runners advance but apparently that runner was allowed to advance whether it was a mistake or not okay now but that would have tied it up right it did tie it up so how does that affect the the rest of the thing well did they play on till yes. there was a loss? Yes, and and Ball State hit a two-run homer oh, to so win lost. it in the next thing. Yes, so okay. that's why the Bobcats are playing right now. And right now, as I look at the live stats, the Bobcats are leading after one inning, four to nothing. Oh, that's promising. Yeah, so should they win, it's uh, on to this afternoon to play again. Wow. They'll play the uh, loser miss. of Central Michigan and Ball State. What a miss. Yeah, so it's possible the Bobcats could play Ball State again this afternoon. <laughs> okay. Um, well, guess what? Today is National Road Trip Day. Hey. And the Bobcats are doing just that. Yeah, if you can afford the gas. I have been traveling back and forth to Columbus daily. And, um, you know, there's uh, two, two gas stations midway. They're just half a mile apart. And you look at their uh, electronic signs with their gas prices, and they're always a couple cents less than down here. But in the last day, they dropped almost five cents. They're like at 37 yeah, it's still astronomically yes, high. I know. But 
every little bit helps. I'll tell you what. You know, again, it's just this forces lower-income families to choose between food and transportation. Very breezy here on Columbus Road, although it feels nice. Yeah, it does. Um, today, uh, we mentioned National Road Trip Day. It's also National Grape Popsicle Day. Any popsicle flavor suits me, I think. But grape sounds good. National Cooler Day. Uh, are they talking about, like, um, the coolers you put ice in and then your drinks and stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. National Don't Fry Day. They're not referring to French fries. Well, I don't know. Because it is... They're referring to don't get fried in the sun. Oh. Oh. Okay. And, like we need one of these, National Cellophane Tape Day. Yeah, don't we all? To go with the pencil day, the paper clip day... The eraser head day. I sometimes I read these and I think, why? Yeah, the old. In fact, many times I guess. Scratch the head, shake the head. Historical stuff, uh, but first a caller. We have our phones. Good morning. Hi. Speaking of sports, if you would replay the report uh, by Carl this morning, he goes in through quite a detail. Explains what happened at yesterday's game, but I also wanted to say then right after he says that the old Reds won twenty to five or something like that. It was Yay. fabulous for the for the professional team. Yeah. So anyway, Carl did a good job this morning and he explained it just like Scott did, but uh, it was just amazing to hear. <laughs> yeah, he's. Um... He's actually on the other side of the wall here running the game for uh, the live game for Ohio University right now. So, oh, yeah. Or I pull him over here. But he's yep. he's engaged next but, door. But I'm saying if you wanted to, can you replay that at will? Well, yeah, but I mean, we've got other things to do. Okay. Well, I just want to say the Cincinnati Reds came out on top 20 to 5 or something I think I heard in it. Yeah. That was amazing. How about that? We're doing better with Reds. Go Reds. Go Reds. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Um, so uh, it's time uh, today for the historical events on this day in history. We're talking about May 27th. But the year 1679, the Habeas Corpus Act passes in England strengthening a person's right to challenge unlawful arrest and imprisonment. On this date in 1703, St. Petersburg, Leningrad, founded by Russian Tsar Peter the Great. Next, we move to 1873, when on this date, Heinrich, let's see, Schliemann, S-C-H-L-I-E-M-A-N-N. He discovers Priam's treasure, which was a cache of gold in other objects, in Hiserlik, 
And then they have in parenthesis Troy and Anatolia. He was a German businessman and a pioneer in the field of archaeology. Archaeology has always held a certain fascination for me. I've never had the opportunity to pursue it. But I've pursued so many things. Um, But it would be fun. Maybe someday. Okay, next we have in 1905, the Japanese fleet destroys the Russian East Sea Fleet in the Battle of Tsushima. I think that's how it's pronounced. They go on to say the only decisive clash between modern steel battleships in history. 1940, the British and Allied forces begin the evacuation of Dunkirk. Back then they called it Operation Dynamo. That was, of course, during World War II. 1963, Jomo Kenyatta was elected the first Prime Minister of Kenya. 1999, the International Criminal Tribunal. Let me say that a little clearer. The International Criminal Tribunal for the former Yugoslavia indicts Slobodan Milosevic and four others for war crimes and crimes against humanity committed in Kosovo. And I guess the last note we have like this is 2006, an earthquake strikes Java, Indonesia. It did so at 5.53 in the morning, their time. Devastating Bantul in the city of Yogyakarta. And in so doing... 6,600 people died. Earthquake. 2006. All right. Famous birthdays. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Scott, let's see here. Henry Kissinger. I had the pleasure of working with him. He was a very fine gentleman. Today, he is still alive and... Today is his 99th birthday. How about that? How about that? Henry Alfred Kissinger is a German-born American politician, diplomat, and geopolitical consultant who served as the U.S. Secretary of State and National Security Advisor under presidential administrations of Presidents Nixon and Ford. Okay, another living person, Pat Cash, uh, celebrating his 57th birthday. I look, looking at his picture here, he looks a little bit familiar, but I'm not sure why. Patrick Hart Cash is an Australian former professional tennis player. He reached a career-high ATP singles ranking of... World number four in May of 1988 and a career-high ATP doubles ranking 
of world number six in August of 1988. So tennis. Um, now the next two have passed. We have Rachel Carson. And her photograph is here, and she just looks like such a sweet lady. She was born in 1907, and she died in 1964. Who was Rachel Carson? P-A-R-S-O-N? C-A-R. C-A-R. Did I say Parson? Uh, well, it, there's a little bit of lack of clarity, okay. you know, with the signal. So Carson. That's that's why I was Carson confirming Rachel. that. Rachel Louise Carson was an American marine biologist, writer, and conservationist whose influential book, Silent Spring, and other writings are credited with advancing the global environmental movement. Okay, Wild Bill Hickok. Wild Bill. Born in 1837, died in 1876. James Butler Hickok. Yep. Better known as Wild Bill Hickok, was a folk hero of the American Old West, known for his life on the frontier as a soldier, a scout, lawman, gambler, showman, and actor for his involvement in many famous gunfights. But, you know, over the years they've said his... You know how how perfect a lawman was he, you know. But um, golly, those were tough times. Yeah, well, you know how they say uh, a lawman never turns his back to a door, to the front door. Well, apparently, on August second, eighteen seventy-six, during a poker game in a saloon that found Wild Bill with his back uncharacteristically to the door. He was shot in the back of his head by Jack McCall, who may have been hired to kill him. Yeah. I've heard this story. That okay, also famous, happened to Jesse uh, James, too. Yes. Famous deaths of this date to a two-dimension here. Jabaharla Nehru. Born in... Um, 1889, died in 1964. And, of course, uh, the spelling of that first name is difficult, but the last name, N-E-H-R-U. He was an Indian anti-colonial nationalist, secular humanist, social democrat, and author who was a central figure in India during the Middle of the 20th century, Nehru was a principal leader of the Indian nationalist movement in the 1930s and 1940s. Give me that list again, the first few things you said. He was an Indian anti-colonial nationalist, a secular humanist, social democrat, and author. And the last one, and I don't know if it's Koch or Koch, but Robert um, K-O-C-H. Born in 1843, died in 1910. Heinrich Hermann Robert Koch was a German physician and microbiologist as the discoverer of the specific, specific causative agents 
of deadly infectious diseases including tuberculosis, cholera, and anthrax. He is regarded as one of the main founders of modern bacteriology. Well, that's significant. Yeah. What is he most famous for? A lot of those things I just mentioned. He built on the work of Pasteur and Lister, set bacteriology on its way to being a modern science. Um... This is unfair to do on the air. But, but you're going to do it anyway? I'm hoping to have you <laughs> do whatever we do on Monday. Um, I've got my hands full with a couple of projects. Well, Monday we're having a three-hour Memorial Day presentation. I, is that the Bonneville thing? I do not think so. Okay. I, I put together a program. You did it? Yes. Good job. Good job. Yes. Memorial Day, folks, is, for many people, a holiday. Uh, Not for us in showbiz or radio and that sort of thing. Um, But um, we also have, um, I didn't know if Barry or you or somebody I knew would be putting together a special program. Yeah, me. And some of it is going to include... I'm uh, going to try to have some snippets of uh, Dad's voice in there, too, with Wonderful. it being Memorial Day. Yeah. So, he, I, you know, I've mentioned this before. He loved not only preparing for every show he did here, but holidays especially. He loved those, too. And, you know, Dad is a veteran, and, uh, of course, he took a lot of pride in preparing every show he ever put together. That's right. So hopefully uh, we're going to have a few snippets of that. I've had people ask me uh, to do that to see if I could round up some CDs where we've got Dad's voice recorded there. So uh, going to do that. Wonderful. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Let me just reach over here and check one thing. Okay, there's that, and then there's that, and then there's that. Okay. There's that. Now we know All right. where it is. Now, um... So if you're listening to 97.1, you're hearing a hum. We are trying to get a um, uh, our, our best guy with Frontier, um, the telephone company, to get out there and um, fix that. And uh, so they're working on that. Um, on 970, where you're accustomed to hearing us most of all, I think, the W-A-T-H-A-M, it's off the air. And we believe that um, there was a power failure sometime in the wee hours. I should call Pete or some of my friends that live out there by us and see what exact hours that occurred. But um, uh, the system we use to turn it back on when there's been a power failure isn't working. So, we're going to have to go out there and physically uh, push a couple buttons and realign the, uh, the telephone system we use to turn it back on. All right. So, we apologize, but we hope you have found us in, uh, over here on uh, 97.1 in spite of the hum. And, um, of course, if you listen to our live streams of either station... 
Um, and, and Power 105, to my knowledge, isn't experiencing any trouble today. Yeah, that's but, correct. Um, uh, in any case, the live streams uh, are working just great. Okay? Yeah, speaking of Power 105, where the Ohio baseball game is on, uh, Toledo came back with three runs in the bottom of the first, and now it's 4-3 uh, to three, Ohio. Ohio. Yes. Keep us up to date. Will do. All right, so let's look at the news. Can you imagine what the lead story is still? Oh, yes. I don't need too much of an imagination for that. Texas officials released an updated timeline of Tuesday's mass shooting at the elementary school outside San, San Antonio saying the gunman was inside the school for more than an hour. The updates come amid scrutiny of the police response during the standoff in which 19 children and two adults were killed. Officials said the attacker arrived at the scene around 11.30 in the morning, local time, crashing his vehicle into a ditch. Contrary to previous reports, he did not encounter any armed school security officer. And he entered the school unobstructed. Um, well, I really need to take that, but I will wait. Well, you want to get it? No, I'll, I'll call her back. Okay. Let's see. He did not encounter an armed security officer and entered the school unobstructed after 12 minutes outside the facility. For all I know, he walked around to several entrances till he found one that was unlocked. I don't know. I'm just guessing. The first responding officers exchanged gunfire, but did not pursue the suspect into the building. The standoff reportedly ended at 12.45. Okay, maybe I do need to take this. Okay. Would you... Uh, sure. Here, let me pass this over to you. Okay. We'll gab on here while Dave gets that call here. Uh, it's a, a call he really needs to take, too. So uh, we'll gab away here on 970 WATH's party line. And uh, as we started to mention... Uh, about the Texas shooting timeline. Apparently, uh, first responders exchanged the gunfire uh, again, but as he mentioned, did not pursue him into the building. Um, that's a question I have, too. I don't know why that didn't happen. But, you know, they have their protocols, what they can and can't do. And I'm sure they did not want to cause panic by uh, seeing them running there, but I think a gunman would have caused enough panic already, don't you? Uh, but anyway, um, they uh, apparently border co uh, patrol unit arrived on the scene, stormed the classroom in which the shooter had barricaded himself. And uh, my understanding was, well, when he shot his grandmother, I don't know how anybody could do that anyway, but... 
That's, you know, lack of respect. I'll just go ahead and say it, whether it's PC or not. Um, you know, I know he lived with his grandparents. Uh, apparently this young man had been bullied in school. Um, apparently there was a disagreement about a phone bill there with the grandparents' house. And the, the kid was a loner, um, no girlfriend. I don't know if he was that well socially accepted. But uh, all those things led up to, you know, what could be described as someone that potentially uh, needed to be looked at about whether or not a firearm should have been sold to them. Now, I realize dealers don't get into the psychology of people, but uh, maybe that's what needs to be done. I don't know, just reaching out. Thinking out loud, so to speak, of solution possibilities. Um, you know, but again, I've said, if gun control works, then why isn't it working? So we can listen to these political speeches all the time, over and over. You hear the same rhetoric. We need to do something. Something needs to be done. Well, yeah. It does, but it's all talk. Something needs to be done instead of just getting up on the House floor or the Senate floor and saying the same thing every time crises like this happens until the next one, and then it's done again. So whether it's a matter of reaching across the aisle and stop finger-pointing at each other, yeah, I'm kind of on the soapbox here a little bit this morning, but it's frustrating and it's unfortunate that little children, soft targets, as they're called, are the victims yet again. And a few adults trying to protect protect these children, uh, law enforcement doing their best they can to get in there to protect these children. So, you know, there are responsible gun owners there are gun owners who are irresponsible, such as this shooter. So with that, you know, where is the solution? However, um, again, the political rhetoric, it doesn't do much for me other than, okay, here we go again, exploiting another crisis. So uh, let's see what we can do. Congress, uh, people in charge of these things. Yeah, I know it's going to make it tougher, but in reality, if people want a gun, they're going to find one somewhere on the street, on the black market, somewhere like that. And you know, again, we have responsible gun owners. And I don't know if you knew this or not. I may have mentioned this previously, but one of the reasons during World War II that the Japanese did not attack the mainland of the United States was because so many private citizens owned firearms. And they determined that to be one of the largest, quote-unquote, military forces in the world. And that is still another reason that if uh, other countries have thought about doing that to this country, 
they think twice about it because Americans will defend themselves in that way. It's been shown that uh, through polls that, uh, you know, if that ever happened, invasion of this country, then they're dealing with not only U.S. military, but the homeland force as well. But, uh, yes, just just tragic what's happening here with these school shootings. And, again, as we mentioned yesterday, how many less school shootings there are in other countries around the world compared to the United States. Uh, So it's not a great place to be in first place for something like that. But uh, anyway, we just hope and pray for comfort for these families that were affected and uh, all of the schools and mass shootings that have happened before, you know, Las Vegas at the outdoor concert. And it's not just schools. It's, you know, these crazy people. They they get these ideas, the, the twisted ideas. And again, I've heard people say it's not the guns that do it, which I happen to agree with. It's the people using them. So again, we have responsible gun owners, irresponsible gun owners. But uh, again, something I hope and pray this never happens again. But uh, unfortunately... You know, what do you do? Do you beef up, beef up security around schools? Maybe so. <coughs> now, I know there were some schools in the Columbus area uh, after this happened that beefed up police patrols around the schools, uh, not to cause panic, but to show in force that if someone else may have gotten this crazy idea, that uh, these schools are going to be protected and again, here's another question I have. Is that when these things happen, the shooter's picture, his name, gets plastered all over the news. Yes, I realize it's news. But these people get lots of publicity, and some of these people thrive on that crazy stuff. That they think, well, their picture's going to be on the news, and they're going to be on Facebook, and uh, social media everywhere. But they fail to realize the consequences that they're probably going to lose their life there in a gunfight, or they're going to be sent to prison for the rest of their lives. But I question why so much publicity is given to these shooters. So with that, um, we go on to... uh, Included in this story, videos were posted to show uh, police preventing frantic parents from entering the building, though it is unclear at what point the gunman opened fire inside the classroom. So, uh, again, they say the gunman's motive remains under investigation. We'll see what happens with that. And along with this, separately, a bill, as I was just talking about, Congress, a bill establishing domestic terrorism-focused offices within federal law enforcement agencies failed in the Senate by a vote of 47 to 47. Critics argued such activity was already covered under existing provisions. And, you know, they, they keep 
passing these bills and adding these provisions, and sometimes it seems like it just gets lost in all of these laws and things that they do pass in Congress and, and the Senate, too. Uh, well, we just hope for the best, as always. Hope and pray. And on another story, the U.S. economy shrank at 1.5% annualized rate in the first three months of the year. According to the new data released yesterday. Did you say data or data? Either one works, I think. Well, the figure is a write-down from a previous estimate of 1.4%, and it is a first quarterly decline in the gross domestic product since the onset of the pandemic in the first half of 2020. Now, they go on to say, this story anyway, uh, goes on to say it was caused in part by the downward revisions to private inventory investments such as warehouses and stores were slower to stock their goods and residential investments, which include uh, constructing and remodeling homes. A wider trade deficit was also a factor as the U.S. spent more on imports than it made from exports. Consumer spending grew at 3.1% annualized rate, helping to offset the decline. I'd like to know where some of these numbers come from because uh, many people have told me, and I tend to agree with this, that inflation that is going out of control now is being caused, I was going to say being fueled, by higher gas prices. As much as we may not like to say that, I mean, you hear it all the time that diesel is crazy high. Well, what runs on diesel? You know, the 18-wheelers that deliver a lot of our goods and services. I've noticed it in stores around here. I'm sure you have, too. Inflation is uh, getting to the point where, in my view, I don't see how we are not going to have a recession. Uh, now, you hear that downplayed from the... From the uh, people in Washington, D.C., but all of the signals are already there. And again, I don't mean to cause any panic here, but the economic indicators are showing as such. Um, but I, again, I hope I'm wrong. But it uh, seems like it's pointing that way. Now, here's another thing, too, about uh, energy costs. I saw a study, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen this too, about importing oil to our country is loaded. Now, they speak of the greenhouse effect, right, being environmentally concerned, that whenever oil is shipped here and those big tankers from overseas uh, uses thousands of gallons of diesel to get it here, which gives off Lots of exhaust from those big tanker ships to get it here. And I'm struggling to find the logic in that when we have the possibility of energy independence here, and it's been shown to have a great effect for all of us here, but we still rely on other countries to bring the oil here, Okay, yes, we still have some production. Now, others will say, 
big oil is to blame as they are raking in record profits? Yeah, that could be too. Now, where is the control for this raking in these big oil profits? Doesn't that kind of mimic monopolies of some sort? Well, it seems to me it does, but it would be nice to have something affordable. And again, as I mentioned earlier, it's forcing low-income families to choose between essentials, whether it's feeding their families or being able to get their kids to school, get their kids to a doctor, get themselves to work. It's affecting everything. And again, another economic indicator pointing toward a downturn. Uh, The Dow is down, and again, I don't mean to sound gloom and doom. These are just the numbers that we see, you know, firsthand here. I mean, look at gasoline prices, you know, $4.50 a gallon and higher. I mean, I don't know why there hasn't been more of an outcry about these things that uh, can't be solved, you know, by things that need to be solved by people that have the ability to solve these things. So with that, you know, it just is difficult for people to understand those types of things. Um, when they have had things very well for a while. But anyway, point being, get these gas prices under control and you control inflation. It's that simple. Yes, I understand there's an environmental effect, but there are trade-offs to lots of things. All right, with that, I wish you a very pleasant and happy day and Memorial Weekend. And uh, I'll see you back here with Sentimental Journey here in just a few moments. And stay tuned uh, on Monday for a special three-hour sentimental journey that I will be bringing you here on 970 WATH. We join CBS News in progress. In Washington, we expect to hear more today about the police response to the Texas school shooting. I'm Jim Crisula in Uvalde, Texas. Both the Texas Department of Public Safety and Governor Greg Abbott will speak to the media today in Uvalde about the questioned police response to the Robb Elementary School shooting. Police say the 18-year-old gunman who massacred 21 people was in the building for over an hour before he was killed by a federal Border Patrol tactical team. CBS's Lily Luciano tells us about some of the children killed in the attack. Isaiah Garcia's grandfather called him the sweetest little boy he'd ever know. He had just started teaching him football plays over spring break. And Alicia Ramirez loved playing soccer with her friends and drawing. Amid the grief in Uvalde, the NRA opens its annual convention today in Houston. Texas Governor Greg Abbott will not be there. CBS's Matt Piper has more. He will instead address the group via video and hold an afternoon news conference in Uvalde. 